Welcome to Managed Carecast, a podcast from the American Journal of Managed Care. This is Jeannie Rosenberg, Assistant Editor for the American Journal of Managed Care. As the country continues to grapple with trying to lower drug prices, organizations nationwide have tried to come up with ways to address the issue. Earlier this year, the National Pharmaceutical Council launched the Going Below the Surface initiative. The initiative is dedicated to unearthing and examining the drivers of healthcare spending in the country, as well as promoting and facilitating a multiple stakeholder discussion on best ways to optimize healthcare spending. Today, we'll be speaking with Dr. Bobby Bois about the initiative, its goals, and what it's found so far. Dr. Bobby Bois is the Chief Scientific Officer and Executive Vice President of the National Pharmaceutical Council. Hi, Bobby. Thank you for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure. So before we discuss going below the surface, if our listeners would like to follow your discussion on these issues following this conversation, where would they be able to do that? Well, there's two uh, options. One is to follow me on Twitter at Robert W. Dubois. Or uh, the Going Below the Surface website uh, has a wealth of information, and that will be goingbelowthesurface.org. And we hope uh, you know, you'll, you'll find either or both of those useful. Perfect. So to begin, can you give some background on Going Below the Surface, such as the idea behind it, when it was initiated, etc.? The Going Below the Surface concept began about a year ago. And we realized that we needed a different dialogue that began to wrestle on a national basis with two very tough questions. How much do we want to spend on healthcare in the United States? And how should those dollars be allocated? And was a sort of depressing realization that we've had conversations about healthcare costs and healthcare spending and healthcare waste for decades, but we really haven't made success that is enough to do something about it. So a couple of sort of pieces of the puzzle. The first is that if you go back to the 80s, we spent 6% of GDP on healthcare, and people said, oh my goodness, that's an awful lot of money, we can't spend more. 10, 15 years later in the 90s, all of a sudden we were spending 12% of GDP on healthcare, and the sky was falling yet again. And now we're at 18% of healthcare, and there are those that say, well, fine, we're a rich country, we should spend even more. I'm of the belief, many are of the belief, that we've reached the end of the line of kicking the can down the road, that healthcare spending is eroding wage improvements because premiums are rising, the Medicare trust fund is predicted to run out of money five years earlier than expected. We can't just say spend more, spend more, spend more. So that's kind of the first thread of what brought us here. The second thread was a realization for decades we've been aware of spending on low-value care. I was at the Rand Corporation in the 80s when a lot of work was done on appropriateness of big-ticket procedures. And what was discovered was 20 or 30% of most 
big ticket procedures, whether they were you know, hysterectomy, back surgery, endoscopy, coronary angiograms, were felt to be unnecessary, might injure the patient, and certainly utilize resources that could be better spent elsewhere. The Institute of Medicine, half a dozen years ago, quantified what they thought was low-value care and administrative waste of around $700 billion. And despite lots of different campaigns, including the Choosing Wisely campaign, we really haven't made much of a dent in it. And then the third piece of the puzzle that said we have a problem was the exciting vision of major improvements in how we can cure diseases. You know, whether it's the new gene therapies we're hearing about or CAR-T therapies or regenerative medicine and replacement body parts, these are going to be expensive interventions in the near term. And how are we going to pay for this? So the going below the surface is a realization that a national dialogue about how much and how we spend our healthcare dollars is long overdue. And the going below the surface motif is that it's not an easy discussion and it's not just, well, the prices are high, that's the answer. You have to go below the surface and really explore these issues to really begin to understand what are the antecedents and what are we going to do about the problem. We're currently at a time where healthcare prices dominate conversations in the healthcare space. So how important is this initiative right now? I think it's very, very important. For the last couple of years, there's been a sort of singular focus on drug prices as the cause of all problems in healthcare. It's really interesting, though, in the last couple of months, we began to see discussions of unexpectedly high hospital bills and that hospital costs are widely different from one hospital to another in the same locality or across the country. So we're beginning to have a broader focus on, on, on prices as being a problem. But that is a very narrow conceptualization of what's causing the uh, challenges in healthcare spending. When you think about costs, in the same breath, you need to talk about the benefits. You know, whether a drug is a high price or a low price or a hospital procedure is of a high cost or low cost doesn't tell us anything. It only tells us something if you juxtapose the cost or the price against the benefit. And too often we focus on the price and not enough on the benefit. And we've got to bring those together in some sort of value equation before we can say, in fact, those costs or those prices are too high. And another piece of the puzzle is it's not enough just to say, well, the price of a procedure, the cost of an intervention um, is reasonable. You have to multiply that number by the number of folks who can benefit. Hepatitis C therapies are expensive but have been found to be extremely cost-effective when folks have done the proper analyses. But when you multiply it by the number of folks who can and have benefited, it's a large number. And so that's another piece of the puzzle, that a large amount of spending doesn't by itself mean it's bad spending or good spending. One has to look at that. So 
it's important to go below the surface, think more about prices than just price, and not get lost in the headlines that prices here are way higher than they are in Europe, and therefore that's the answer to our problem. One of the things that we haven't talked yet about is once you realize that maybe we need to have a national discussion about this, you know, how do you go about doing that? And the going below the surface is an initiative to have that type of broader discussion. And so we began this about a year ago with a series of research projects that begin to bring evidence to the table that we can talk about. There's an initiative we're doing in collaboration with Health Affairs and with Anthem, the, the payer, to have a series of articles in Health Affairs and the Health Affairs blog. And then there was a recently announced Blue Ribbon Commission called the Health Affairs Council on Spending and Value that will be headed up by ex-Senator um, uh, Bill Frist and ex-Commissioner uh, Peggy Hamburg. And there'll be about 20 folks that will be coming together to really sort through some of these issues and come up with uh, an assessment of what needs to be explored and how might it need to be explored. And then thirdly, we've brought together a group of about 15 organizations that uh, are committed to talking about these tough questions and coming up with solutions that are perhaps out of the usual realm of public dialogue. And these include groups like the Cross and Blue Shield and many others to really begin to come together and to talk about it. So there's a lot of different pieces of the puzzle and our hope for goal is over the next year or so, it is not just an inside the Washington Beltway type of discussion, but one that employers have with their employees, um, communities have with their local stakeholders of hospitals, doctors, uh, patients, and, and others. So when we go on to the Going Below the Surface website, we're welcomed by an outdoor landscape with this focus on a big tree. And it depicts healthcare prices as the tree, and then underneath we see the roots, which represent the underlying drivers of healthcare spending. Why is it so important for this initiative to get to the root of healthcare spending and not just address the issues stemming from it. I think what has happened of late has been an awful lot of finger pointing as to what the cause is and a finger pointing exercise that says the problem lies here. So again, I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of attention historically on pharmaceuticals, pharmaceutical prices, um, uh, and uh, uh, a focus on that area. Well, if we're going to solve the problem, we all have to realize that each of us plays a role here. The hospital industry has issues, and we need to explore and discuss those. Um, Long-term care facilities are involved in this. Doctors and their ordering of services, tests, interventions that are of low value have to participate in this health plans and payers have to acknowledge that they have a role in both causing the problem, whether it's constructing a healthcare system that's built around fee-for-service incentives, uh, and that they have a role in solving the problem. So the, 
the tree concept is that we need to do something different and look more deeply. Albert Einstein has a kind of a famous uh, quote that if you do the same thing over and over again and you expect different results, that's the definition of insanity. And we've really lived in a rather insane world for too long, and we do need to have a different dialogue. There's a movie from you know a number of years ago, and some folks uh, that listen might have seen the movie, others have not. And it was Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. And for those who remember, uh, the alarm clock would uh, ring at 6 a.m. every day, and he would relive the same day over and over and over again, painfully so. And the only way that um, he was able to move beyond waking up every morning and reliving the same day was he realized he had to make some changes and do things differently. So the going below the surface is a hope for opportunity to do something different uh, and begin to ask questions that are quite different and challenging. And I know we're going to get to some of those questions uh, later because that is the center piece of where we need to go. Right. So as you just previously mentioned, this initiative has a focus on creating sustained, productive, and informed dialogue rather than the pointing fingers that we've seen in the past. What are some of these tough conversations that need to be had? I think we have to start and look in the mirror and ask the question, have we reached the end of the road of kicking the can down and increasing healthcare spending over and over and over again? There was a, uh, an article that just, uh, a report that just came out uh, the other day called Healthcare USA, a Cancer on the American Dream. And it was put out by the Council on Affordable Health Coverage. And what they basically showed is, and something that we've known about for a while, is that you know employees aren't getting wage increases. And that has been happening for years and years and years. Now, some people argue it's because of the economic downturn. But now that you know economic downturn is, is uh, turning upwards, what people are realizing is that any wage uh, increases that everybody wants and, and deserves is being eaten up by higher health care spending and higher health care premiums. So one of the questions we have to look in the mirror and face is, have we reached a point where additional dollars spent on health care is going to crowd out some other kind of desirable spending? You know, is it going to affect your, your paycheck as an employee? I think the answer is we've reached that point. Is it crowding out how much we can spend on education? And if you look at uh, data from the state of Massachusetts, they would argue absolutely. You know, is it affecting how much we can spend on first responders, uh, fire uh, folks and, and police and the like? And I think the answer, again, is, is there. So one of the tough questions, which hopefully we'll get to people agreement around, is yes, we've reached the end of the line. Now, I mentioned there are some wonderful new areas that we want to spend on. Uh, we don't want to get to a world where cures are available, but we say we can't afford them. That would be penny wise and pound foolish and a horrible direction to go in. So if there are areas that we acknowledge we want to spend more, there's been a lot of discussion about social determinants of health and that if we 
can't enable folks to get to the doctor because of transportation issues, or they can't get healthy food, or they're not able to exercise, then we're not going to make a dent in improving health. Well, where are those dollars going to come from? So there are many areas people acknowledge we would like to spend more, and we believe these would be valuable areas to spend. But if we believe the premise that we can't spend more in aggregate, then we're going to have to figure out where do we spend less? What are the areas of today's healthcare where we are spending in ways that could be better spent elsewhere? You know, for too long, we've said, oh, well, we're going to get rid of fraud and abuse and low value care. We'll have plenty of dollars to spend. And maybe there are dollars to be wrung out of the system, even though we haven't succeeded in 30 years. But more realistically, we're going to have to look at, you know, are we spending more on end-of-life care? And more of those dollars, perhaps some of those dollars could be spent on kids with asthma, as an example, which we might say might be a very valuable use or preventive um, interventions. So if you're going to pull money away from one area and towards another, one of the tough questions is, well, how do you decide which areas to pull money from and which areas to add? What are the metrics you're going to use? Who's going to make those decisions is another tough one. You know, is it the government that's going to say, we're taking money from here and putting it there? Uh, should it be employers that make those decisions, health plans? Should it only be the doctor that makes those choices? These are tough decisions that somebody has to begin to make. You know, I don't think we want a world like uh, the UK back in the 60s and 70s when dialysis was invented, uh, kidney dialysis, and they set an age cutoff where, okay, people above a certain age won't get a certain treatment regardless of how you know, how healthy or unhealthy those folks were. And I don't think that's the, the, the best way to make, you know, allocation uh, uh, decisions. You know, another area is, you know, let's say we decide that, you know, there's an awful lot of hospitals in the United States and there's a lot more acute care beds than probably are needed. You know, who's going to tell hospital A, C, and Z they need to close or they need to shrink. Um, is that a governmental decision? Is that a local uh, decision in a community? If that turns out to be one of the drivers of, of health spending, how do you do that? How do you address that? I mean, there were certificate of need programs that have been come and gone over the years. Is that something that has to be considered or not? These are really tough questions. You know, cardiologists make three times the amount uh, in salary in the U.S. than they do in parts of Europe. You know, hospital executives make a lot more money here than elsewhere. It's throughout the system. We pay people more in the U.S. than elsewhere. You know, are we going to freeze salaries as a way to address this? Again, there is no free lunch. These are the tough questions that we need to talk about. You know, are prices of devices too high? Are prices of pharmaceuticals in some areas too high? And how are we going to address it? These are the types of things that we have to agree that um, all areas need to be examined. And these are third rail issues. These are not going to be easy things to discuss. 
Uh, and, but these are the types of things that we need to do to end up with something different than the Einstein insanity having the same dialogue over and over again. The initiative didn't start that long ago, but have there been any findings that you've collected so far that have produced actionable results? There's been a number of studies that we initiated. Some are in print already. Some have been talked about in conferences. Some more of it will be coming out in print in, in, the, in the next number of months. There's a few things, I think, that are worth pointing out that we've already kind of observed and examined. So in looking around the globe to say what do other countries do in making resource choices? What are good ideas that we want to consider? What are bad ideas we want to avoid? Um, there was a realization by the uh, researcher, our Canadian researcher that uh, we worked with, Craig Mitten, that every other country pretty much in the, in the world realizes that you have to make trade-offs. You can't have everything, and that if you want more of something, you probably need less of something else. Unfortunately, in the US, that is not believed. You know, we believe we can have everything uh, and that more is better. More cable channels on your TV is better. More bandwidth on your internet is better. More cars in your garage that get more mileage is better. Um, and that you know, we really need to understand and appreciate trade-offs are needed and, and choices related to that. So that is a finding from one of our studies. We worked with folks that do uh, policy center to ask the question, well, we've known about low value care for 30 years. Why are we kind of in the same place as we were 30 years ago? And so the folks interviewed smart people in the U.S. and around the globe to say, okay, why have we not really made a substantial uh, dent? And one of the answers was that we don't care enough. There's pain associated with getting rid of low-value care because somebody makes money off of something that might be low-value. And providers might think they're doing something very useful to patients, even though you know, the evidence may not support it. You, know, you have to care enough to make these tough choices. And up until this point, if you always feel you can kick the can down the road and spend more, we haven't cared enough to make those choices. Another project that was done that taught us some important findings was there's a, a group here in Washington, D.C. called ASHA. It's the Association of Speech and Hearing Folks uh, in the Industry, uh, folks, speech pathologists and hearing folks. And they have about 300 folks in their office. And they did a series of focus groups with the employees to say, look, we collectively need to decide what our benefit plan's gonna look like for next year. And they created a, you know, sort of a game with chips where certain benefits would cost a certain number of chips. And if you wanted a more uh, elaborate maternity plan, it would take a certain number of chips and you'd have to take it away from something else. If you wanted a better orthotics or chiropractic benefit, you would have to add chips there. And I think two things or several things came out of that um, experience. One is people could actually make trade-off choices. At the individual level, individuals could say, I think I value this and I think we should put more chips here, more dollars here than somewhere else. 
But when they brought people together and, and had a group dialogue, what they realized amongst themselves was that, you know, one person valued one set of things and another person valued another set of things and that tough choices had to be made. And what they realized is that as a group, they could actually compromise to get to something that worked for the benefit of a broader number of folks. And interestingly enough, they found it not a painful exercise per se, but a satisfying one. That at the end of the day, facing tough choices and trade-offs and talking about it was a positive experience in the satisfaction surveys that were uh, asked of the folks in the focus groups were very, very positive on the experience. So it's a small example, but it tells us that these discussions don't have to be things that lead to an immediate death panel. We can't talk about this type of thing that happened in Washington a few years back. So these discussions can happen. So those are a couple of the findings of things that we've learned already. Now, looking ahead, what's in store for the future of going below the surface? Well, there's a lot. Um, all of the above that we've talked about needs to continue. So more research needs to be done so that when you have a discussion uh, about hospital consolidation and whether it increases efficiency or reduces efficiency in terms of price increases, spending increases, that we actually have data to talk about it. You know, that when we're you know, looking at benefits of an intervention, we're looking over the lifetime of the patient and the costs over the lifetime of the patient. So more research is needed to uh, have a productive discussion. Next, the discussions that were already happening need to happen throughout the country. I mean, I'm envisioning a series of grassroots regional dialogues where these tough questions of you know, how do you decide whether to spend more in one area of healthcare and less in another that individual people can really begin to wrestle with, first, realize that these choices have to be made, realize that these are very tough choices, and um, begin to wrestle with what are some of the uh, potential solutions. And that, you know, success to me is that these discussions happen that are much more nuanced than what we've had before. You know, it's much deeper than it's the price of this or the price of that. And it's going to take, um, you know, some time to work through all of these issues. We anticipate the going below the surface uh, groups will probably increase in number and they're going to be wrestling with some of these issues. Um, we hope there will be more people blogging about this, writing about this, and that good ideas that come out of the Health Affairs Council on spending and value uh, will stimulate additional research and additional discussion. Great. Thank you so much again for joining us today. And before I let you go, would you mind repeating where our listeners can follow your discussion on these issues? Absolutely. So if they want to follow me on Twitter, it would be at Robert W. Dubois, D-U-B-O-I-S, and our uh, a website with a lot of information is the goingbelowthesurface.org website. Great. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having a discussion. To learn more about high drug prices in the U.S. and efforts to lower them, 
visit ajmc.com or see the show notes.